0: Hello darling, this is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. What?
1: and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that does like a little coffee with its sugar my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode the deja vu continues as we combined a love story a horror story and a sci-fi story into the gooey glory that is 1986's the fly and you don't have to experiment on livestock to listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your fly hole. And if you are flying out on social media, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face that we have a little events tab which again leads to shenanigans
0: and cyber shenanigans
1: (laughs) and as this episode is releasing on friday july 10th on that very night if you are in the kansas city area yeah and if you're feeling like you need a little fright Mm -hmm. we've got the cure for what
0: ails you we got a little bit of friday night frights for you we
1: are going to be kicking off it's our inaugural Viewing
0: of a series we're doing called Friday Night Frights. Technically, we've been doing it for about two or three weeks beforehand, <laughs> but we didn't have an official name or anything Very for true. It. So now it's official. Well, now we, it's official.
1: Well, we've been having a ball here at Screenland Armor in very limited, socially distanced, responsible, safe.
0: Very safe. Very responsible. Because very, like, there's been times where we clean it ourselves.
1: Absolutely. The screenings, but they've been f- so good, and it's been so wonderful to get back in The cathedral that we call you know the theater
0: oh yeah oh yeah it's it's really good to be back
1: and so for those of you that are feeling like you know you want to engage and get involved uh,
0: if you're feeling froggy and you got a leap come on down friday nights we will have something terrifying for you
1: and we're kicking things off here with a film that we've done a commentary track for it Mm -hmm. um It's probably most notable on the podcast for its... A side character? Well, no, technically is the fact that it was knocked out of the first round of our very first Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. A huge upset. Beyond a huge upset. We're going to be swallowing your soul uh, with Sam Raimi's 1987 classic. Evil Dead 2. Someone's in my fruit cellar. You just may have, and you know what? We do have a basement at Screenland.
0: Yes. Uh Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Come to Henrietta.
1: If you do not behave, I guarantee you we are going to incorporate that into the introduction. Oh,
0: yeah. We're going to swallow your soul.
1: The best part of Friday Night Frights is we are going to be exclusively in Theater One. Yes.
0: Yes. The big one, the that's, big chilly one, and perfect d- for hot summer nights.
1: Exactly, and that's why I'm really excited then, because not too long too. ago, I had a chance to see the original on the big screen in Theater One, so this is kind of a great follow-up. Now, mm-hmm. again, we're going to be doing this weekly, so next Friday, and I will say this, the tra- of course, we're putting together a vintage trailer oh, reel. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's the, us. It's us. We're staying on brand. Right. Uh, but the last trailer of the trailer reel will be next Friday's film, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be asking a simple question on the 17th, Friday, Friday the 17th.
0: Do you like scary movies?
1: I hope the answer is yes, because we're going to be looking at the reason.
0: Because if, if the answer is no, what the fuck are you listening for, honestly? If you don't like scary movies, why you listen to a horror podcast? Maybe they're expanding the horizons. You know what, man? We we, we were talking. We're not, mo- we're not movie shaming, but at the same time. You know, it helps to like scary movies. You're, they're expanding their palette, my friend. Yes, come on, that's should, true. We were talking around it. You know what? I stand corrected. Welcome aboard.
1: There we go. Thank you. I was, man, I was about to...
0: Shame. We, I know. Shame. I know. Get the shame done on my ass, man. Shit. Well, it, you know what?
1: Again, come on out then. Uh, this Friday, the the 10th, scre- uh, Evil Dead 2. Next Friday, the 17th, Scream.
0: But you know what? If you don't feel like going out yet, it's okay. We got you covered.
1: Screenlandonline.com. Mm-hmm. Bunch of virtual screenings and everything. Um also just check out screenland.com because that weekend there is also going to be a Lost Boys Craft double feature. Oh
0: yeah, Hexes and Fangs.
1: As well as, and this is what I'm beyond I'm super stoked for in Theater One, I'm going to get to see Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah? Oh yeah. You know oh, what yeah.
0: you know what one I'm excited for to see? <laughs>
1: On the big uh and, and what's great is they're playing Pee Wee's Big Adventure indoors and an outdoor screening.
0: Yeah, see, it's not horror, but. God no, damn it, if we don't love that movie. It's horror adjacent. Yes, it is, with the clowns and hell down. And large marge, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yep, horror adjacent. <laughs> totally is. Totally is nightmare. So feel. we have a
1: lot of genre goodness over at Screenland, but you mentioned virtual. Mm-hmm. Well, then uh, Saturday the 18th yes, is going to be our next Shutter Shoutout double feature.
0: Mm-hmm. And this time we're going to get a little bit of squiddly diddly with it.
1: Staying on brand, mm-hmm. definitely. Well, we were looking... You initially wanted something of the home invasion.
0: Yes. Something haunted house yes. or a home invasion. But then I was like, well, what about this just got added? Ooh, and this just got added. And these are very squiddly diddly.
1: And I think true to nature of a squiddly diddly happening. It totally Cronenbergly squiddly diddly. <laughs> and we're going to be viewing as a double feature streaming on Shudder. The Beach House, mm-hmm. a brand new one, which I had a chance to see through the Chattanooga Film Festival.
0: And I have not seen, but I've heard from you that I would dig it.
1: It's I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And then we're going to be following that up with a film that we saw the first time mm-hmm. at the Panic Film Festival. Yes. Uh, the Void.
0: Now, is it safe to say that these are both very Lovecraftian? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You will be uh, saying
1: a prayer to the old ones yes. after each of these screenings.
0: Now, I think the the best way that I can describe, because I haven't seen The Beach House yet, but I think the best way that I can describe The Void is if John Carpenter decided to make a Hellraiser movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it has, it has all the hallmarks of a Carpenter. It's a Carpenter mixtape mm-hmm. done with some really cool practical effects. All practical effects. And that's the other thing in The Beach House. There's it's The Beach House is a slower burn. Uh-huh. But the but there's a good payoff. But that it's a burn. good burn. Okay, oh yeah, cool, absolutely, cool, cool. absolutely. You had
0: me at squiddly-diddly.
1: Well, again, staying on brand ultimately. But um, if you don't have Shutter, obviously we have a we have a very very easy fix. Oh
0: yeah, just type in under the promo code ShutIn all one word S H U T I N or you can put in Ethereum E A E T H E R I A and you will get thirty days for free.
1: And if you would like to watch along with us ultimately, in fact, technically. We can actually host the film in your home. We are talking customized pre-show introduction, trailer reel,
0: and you know what? Speaking of all that good stuff and more is coming up on our horror adjacent Monday coming up because um, for Monday Mystery Movie Night that is a hundred percent violently horror. It's very, very violently and horror. We'll be doing the same thing. So we'll typing along, texting. We're gonna have a Netflix party to watch along with us. That one's going to be nuts.
1: And to gain access to all that, all you have to do is become part of the Screenland film family. We're mm-hmm. doing this part of their Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash Screenland, and that's the tip of the tier. Yep. That's just what we bring to the table, and there is a lot on that table.
0: There's a lot on that table. And if you want to give more to get more access to theirs, please do, because there's a lot of cool stuff on there.
1: Absolutely. And like I said, this is way Screenland is ultimately trying to appease you in person, outdoors, and at home. Mm-hmm. Why supporting local matters at this point, yeah. um, especially given the time that we're in. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're trying to do so much, let's give a little back to yeah. them.
0: We're we're, all, we're doing it for you guys. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And again, that's over at Patreon.com/screenland. But think speaking of the film family and Patreon. Yeah.
0: While you're on the Patreon tab, why don't you just go ahead and pop over to Nightmare Junkhead.
1: Absolutely. Patreon.com/slash Nightmare Junkhead. And one of those perks is you become one of
0: our Patreon buddies. And it's been jacking off <laughs> 10 to midnight 10 to midnight I was going
1: to say At this point You have to throw that context in Because they I can, know right They're like what if, we, if You have to imagine Every episode we put out Even though we have an audience of 10 It's going to be someone's first episode.
0: Yeah, I know. It's always weird. So, when you
1: are like just bashing our audience in the intro, and then you start talking about this thing for, you know, a marital aid and, you know, self performance, (laughs) they're going to call into question what kind of podcast they're listening to.
0: It's exactly, we're the pieces of podcasts. This is exactly what you think it is. (laughs)
1: Well, Well, you know what exactly what I think it is? Is anytime I meet someone that I do not know personally, that listens to the show
0: i just want to thank them
1: i know right well it's befuddles me because i'm yeah. like well
0: if i don't know you how do you how is it so always again i'm i, I think when i'm like ah, i've listened to the show my first guys is like i'm sorry I, ex- I think that i think that's what i always say like oh I listened to the, i'm sorry
1: and i usually say i apologize for whatever genius may have said that offended you
0: <laughs> but it's
1: even it's even more rare though when um someone that's on patreon that i actually knew uh, before the podcast even existed,
0: in the before time,
1: the yeah, the way before time, and this particular individual is someone that um, I've shared some true memories with, uh, because as it was all the way back in 2010. So let's do a little uh, today, 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 today. I was lucky enough to attend the San Diego Comic Con, mm-hmm. and I think for many uh, a nerd, geek, spaz, wherever you are on that hierarchy. It's not necessarily a, a holy grail or anything like that, but it's something, if you can, you kind of want to attend.
0: Yeah, I totally will. I don't know about now. Well, yeah, no, I
1: mean, again,
0: <laughs> Maybe not the baggage we bring. not yeah. 2020 San Diego Comic-Con. Re- remember where we are, genius. Right, right.
1: <laughs> 2010, so many, okay. a decade ago, which yeah, is crazy to think. That's
0: insane. Anyway.
1: And I had a great time. Uh, had a ch- I had the chance to meet Jim Kelly. Ah. Black Belt Jones himself. I bet mean,
0: that's your bucket list item.
1: I have a picture of him on my desk at work, and it's wonderful. Um, I ran into Tommy Wiseau. Oh hi, Greg. And this was—I'm not. I mean, the room was getting big. I knew of the room. I had seen the room at that point. And I was like, damn, that's Tommy Wiseau. And he was really nice. Mm-hmm. He wasn't surrounded by a lot of people because that—that that, guess that's far enough back where he could walk with Sandy. And He only was a,
0: still underground. He was still cult. Yes. Before cult mainstream. It
1: was kind of crazy, but he was so nice. He was like, oh, come here, take a picture. I'm like, holy shit, I'm getting a picture with Tommy Wiseau. Um, I'm right, an
0: energy vampire.
1: I also realized, I'll, I don't know if this is an off-topic or total tangent. That he's from Amsterdam? No, that I'm a fun energy vampire. You, th- you throw me out into like a dance like a dance club now, I would stand in the corner, and I would suck the fun out of everyone.
0: Meanwhile, I'm over there on the floor, uh, fucking guy. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. But, but. Colin Robinson.
1: Comic- Comic-Con was wonderful. Uh, I actually picked up, I met Alex Pardee. Oh, yeah. That's where you got those rad, uh. All those prints. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it was a phenomenal time. Yeah. You pack a lot in those four days. You know what I also packed in those four days? Hmm. A day's worth of vomiting because I got food poisoning. <laughs> now, I mention all these things because they are memories. Fucking guy. And the poor individual, <laughs> our Patreon pal here, um, <laughs> I mention all this because for an evening, uh, overnight, because it hit me about, probably around 11 o'clock in the evening, and I vomited for a good a good four hours, at least Ugh. three times every hour. Oh. And we were talking violet vomiting. Oh, Jesus. Oh, it was horrible. What'd you eat? Fish
0: yeah it was rough it was rough you'd think it's san diego they would have good fish but
1: chad my good friend i don't know how you got through it and uh you know you you walked me through the next day but no um our good friend chad fuller
0: the fact that he spent all that time with you yakking up and then 10 years later he still comes to our shows that's fucking you're fucking rad dude <laughs> like, chad chad first of all chad fu like I will never forget some of the answers that you've given at Nerds.
1: And that's just it. You he's not a stranger to the Our Sister Show Nerds and Nostalgia as he was a regular attendee at the live screenings.
0: Mm-hmm. and he'd always have something funny and fucked up to say. Absolutely. Where Abs- I was like I would I would be like what the fuck is wrong with you dude? <laughs> uh
1: but no, I mean you talk about someone that's truly been supportive yes. and again just a true friend. He's
0: a good dude, man. Absolutely.
1: And you can see some of his um his, his little minutia miniatures, I, I always ask anyone if they would like to plug or promote anything. He's like, you know what? Give him my Instagram handle. So he is at Chad underscore Foo. And he actually, the m- miniatures that he does, I actually have a little Megatron in my car. Oh, yeah? That's kind of guarding it, so to speak. So if anything ever befalls the car, I have to blame you have Megatron. A de- you have a which, exactly,
0: to, like, fucking tear
1: shit up. Absolutely. And it's the Decepticon. It's Megatron.
0: Exactly. If you're going to go big, go big.
1: Now, was it Frank Welker that did his voice? Oh, yeah. Okay. So there you go. I so, do an
0: impression, but I can't. You, you have I've to, tried. No, you just do a, just a.
1: There you go. Two fantastic Frank Welkers. But thank you, Chad, for, again, being a friend, being a Patreon pally.
0: You're fucking rad, pally.
1: So if you would like us to wax your car here on the show and have access from everything to a squiddly diddly to another time. Another place. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead and then some. Yes. Well, speaking of the end, then some, we've done at this point 200 plus episodes, mm-hmm. which in and of itself is kind of amazing. I don't yeah. think I've ever done something this long. No. Consistently. no. Whether it's good or not is up to up to debate potentially. (laughs) But it's interesting. Two hundred some odd episodes in. There's a lot of shorthand to the show. Mm -hmm. A lot of throwaway gags that for some people, if it's their first few episodes,
0: it's the jacket off.
1: It's going to befuddle them. They're going to be me just going, wait, what? What? What is happening? And that's okay. I think there's a rhythm to the show uh-huh. there's a rhythm to the reactions to the um uh, i believe it was liam and justin said something it was along the our um banter the banter yes
0: uh, our pseudo witty banter <laughs> no but there's a lot of inside jokes i mean like you said after 200 and plus some um, episodes plus like we're friends and so like The conversation is going to just, like you said, not necessarily inside jokes, because some of the inside jokes have come from the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. They've grown organically. Right.
1: So when I say another time- Another place. You know what I'm saying. When I say, uh, if this doesn't scare you- You're already dead. There are certain things in the shorthand, call and responses, Uh very much so, but if someone were to listen to the show and- We put genius in a situation Uh when he gets to really let go go into his Caligula side. Yes, turn it up to Caligula. What happens in general when that situation arises? Oh,
0: whenever there's something fantastic and there's something that I would like to dream. Don't dream it, be it. Just like sitting in a pool and just, just waiting for the Bacchanal, the debaucherous Bacchanal to occur. Now
1: a first-time viewer, or and just in general, a seasoned viewer. Mm-hmm. They hear that, what are they going to initially reference? They're
0: going to think Rocky Horror Picture Show. As they should. Uh-huh. Now. I, kind of like on a lot of the movies we need to go over, there's another level and layer to this. And it, as it turns out,
1: the true meaning behind that mm-hmm. came upon a screening where we didn't even host it.
0: Nope. We, we just went. We just went to have fun.
1: We went to Screenland at, at Tapcade, and we watched David Cronenberg's Shivers. Mm-hmm. It was, was Rabbit
0: and Shivers, wasn't it? No, it was just Shivers. Oh no, just Shivers. Just that's shivers. right.
1: And that was was that your first time? That correct? was my
0: first time watching yes. Shivers, and I fucking loved that movie. I mean, to the point where, like, if I thoroughly enjoy a movie, I will talk about it right outside the theater. Like, man, let me tell you what I liked about this movie, and or what I don't like about this movie. And I think that's where this came from. So, <clears throat> spoilers for Shivers. Okay? Spoilers for Shivers. have not 40-year-old film. It's fine. Right. If you haven't seen Shivers, I think there's a... No, that's Rabid. Is there a remake of Shivers? Uh, No, there is not. Cool. It's great. It's about these, like, squiddly-diddly parasites, these Caligula graboids, right? These, like, just weird Caligula worms that come down, and they... Were they organic, or they came from space? It is... It's It's it's, never explained. Exactly. It's never explained, because it's Cronenberg. Uh, which is another inside joke that we'll get into. Uh, so so basically they, they attach themselves to your brain. They make all inhibitions go out, out the thing. And then you basically just want to be this debaucherous thing and diddle people to death. I mean, it, it's just the sex bug. It, the, it's the marquee de slime. So, Old people? Young people? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You just you just want to diddle. Just want to diddle, diddle, diddle. And it's really funny because... Wake number... up in the morning and diddle, diddle, diddle. But...
1: <laughs> it sets a few precedents with Cronenberg. Because uh, with Cronenberg, we often say there are mo- multiple stages of Cronenberg. Yep. And this is... Firmly establishes that first stage of Cronenberg,
0: which is creepy Cronenberg. Yes. My, my personal favorite Cronenberg. Right. On honestly, yes, my personal favorite because classic Cronenberg's classy, right? But you know, I got to, I got a soft spot for like the slime. You know what I'm saying? The the gooey and, and
1: the gooey. And it firmly establishes itself as the creepy Cronenberg because mm-hmm. uh, it's a
0: creepy fucking film
1: of everything that you want in a in a Cronenberg. And like you said, a lot of it though touches upon sexuality. Mm-hmm. There are. Cronenberg has always been a very like cerebral, intellectual filmmaker,
0: but he's also very horny. <laughs> it's it's Canada, man. Yeah,
1: and the other that's the other beautiful thing. All of his films, for the most part... Are
0: extremely Canadian. They're con-exploitation. Yeah, they, t- t- they totally are. Because like, they go to the doctor and they don't have to fill out any insurance card whatsoever. So they got that universal go. And the doctors are always funny. Oh, of course. Because oh. there's always that one psychiatrist, an old yep. creepy Cronenberg, that's always cracking jokes and eating sandwiches.
1: And then if not him, it's the guy that's going to have the psychoplasmatics coming right. out of I-
0: Oliver Reed. Right, the goblins are telling the teacher up. But yeah, no, it's going to be great. So needless to say... Oh, continue, though. Okay, okay so, basically, so, sorry, pre- so basically in the end of this movie... So, meanwhile, his whole apartment is being, like, just filled with just these debaucherous people who want to diddle him to death. That's all it is. So, it comes down to this climactic scene. Either he won... He's going to die either way. So, either he gets... You're in a
1: no-win situation. Yeah, you're
0: in a no-win situation. So, he has two choices. He has, one, either getting diddled to death by his ex-wife and his, like, friend, and who are both... Absolutely gorgeous. They're I mean they're just they're just stunning. They're just two stunning individuals.
1: You can already see where your head place is when we're watching this film. Because like, I, I, it
0: was one of those things, I'm sure you were stroking your Because I'm like, like mm-hmm. if you're gonna die, if you're gonna die, at least die diddling delightfulness. You know what I'm saying? Don't diddle
1: No, no, I, I don't I, I, be a
0: doobie, doobie a don't be. But like so so he's so he either he either has to die by getting diddled to death by these by his wife and is is and this is her, her hot friend, or, or there's a huge crowd out there with old people and like young people, not young, young, good, but that that does already an established upstairs. In oh, there. yeah. But this is a different floor. This just this mob, it just looks it's... like the cast of real sex, right? So you have your choice. You have your choice of either <laughs> fake fantasy sex or like getting diddled to death by a mob of like random old people, right? And what does he decide to do? He decides to get diddled to death by the random mob Volvo people. And I don't understand that. And then so this is where this movie comes in. Cause I'm thinking, here it is. If I was stuck in between that choice, I would totally just jump in that pool and like, don't dream it, be it, and just wait for just the debauchers to happen. You know, because like it's the
1: lesser of two uh, evils. It truly is. So I I I wanted to take a moment to to truly look at the DNA. Of a Cronenberg reference. Don't
0: dream, and like if you ever see, we talk if you ever listen again to our sister podcast, uh, Nerd's and Nostalgia. Whenever we get into our FMK and we go into what would you do, then we're, uh, I'm just like unleashed, you know? Ah, uh, don't dream, and even now and then, like if it just comes up, like if you're in a situation it, where you're gonna get, where if you're going to get diddled anyway.
1: By the way, my apologies to any first time viewer because the. I would have never imagined the over under of the word, the D word at this point would have I would have said five or above would be out outlandish,
0: but dude, we're hitting the twenties, but it's, but we're talking about shivers. I mean, that's the, that's the result of the worms, you know, it's not like they're going to like affect you and make you do taxes to death. You know, they're diddle worms. Ugh. So good Lord. <laughs> so that's where that comes in the don't dream it just something when you know something debaucherous and wonderful is going to happen the debauchery when you know the debauchery is about to commence
1: all of that to explain
0: cronenberg then that's just one of our cronenberg references
1: well and so much so that the word cronenberg has become a verb
0: right like if like if we say if we're going to cronenberg something it means we're basically going to put it together and just mix it we're gonna like brundle fly it we're gonna we're just gonna Cronenberg, number and it always has something to do with either mixing or with the body yeah oh body the, horror the, the the flesh
1: we'll get into the the new flesh the weird flesh all the of fly the, flesh. The fly flesh. Well, we talked about the the the, the stages of Cronenberg. The creepy. So you also have Rabid. Mm-hmm. This is also which when is another
0: he, great movie.
1: I I enjoyed Rabbit. It's been a while since I because that's the one with Marilyn Chambers. Uh huh. Yes. Don't dream it. Truly behind the green door. Right.
0: That's another diddlebug
1: movie. It is. Oh yeah. the creepy. It's creepy. Mm-hmm. It's creepy. But then he transitioned then into Videodrome, mm-hmm. which. Might it's a, be a film. Oh, very much so, because that transitions into the classic Cronenberg, mm-hmm. where you go into Videodrome, where it's a very much an intellectual next level movie, but also still about sex. And it's also penetrative. Yeah, it's a Cronenberg movie. It truly is. And then we get into Scanners, mm-hmm. which is another film that a lot of people have probably haven't seen,
0: but they know of that head explosion.
1: That head explosion. Would be on the Mount Rushmore of exploding heads, but you couldn't see it because their heads would be exploded.
0: For the longest time, I thought that guy that getting his head exploded was Frank Oz.
1: No, <laughs> Kermit, boom! Hurt this does. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that would be rough. Stop it now. <laughs> but a, a moment in genre history that everyone right. knows. Well, that does lead us into the the, the transition from creepy Cronenberg to classic Cronenberg. To what we can also call contemporary Cronenberg, Mm -hmm. which is the last stage. And I don't know if all three of those ultimately all come together because I think with contemporary Cronenberg, I think more of his um, history of violence. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that he put together a film. Classy
0: Cronenberg.
1: (laughs) Classic to classy. Yeah.
0: Yeah classic to classy because it because he becomes more not it's still genre but there are
1: still elements of what you go that's oh, that's a
0: cronenberg movie but there's not too much like farewell the new flesh in history of violence no no. so
1: but there's definitely some intimacy things going on in that movie as well but uh, those canadian elements that i really enjoy
0: but still about sex
1: all of it comes around and coalesces Cronenbergs, if you will, Mm -hmm. into 1986's The Fly.
0: I think that's squarely in the Venn diagram of all three Cronenberg circles.
1: Well, we kicked the month off with a a remake that was remaking a sacred cow of horror genre, Mm -hmm. you know, Night of the Living Dead. The Fly, on the other hand...
0: It's not that sacred.
1: More of a camp classic than Mm -hmm. anything?
0: More of one of those old, like... Uh, Channel 62, a UHF station staple.
1: That's where I saw it. Now, Yeah, me too. I have not seen it since then. I was probably all of seven or eight years old when I watched it that time. Mm-hmm. And I remember nothing of the film. Except Help the, me! Help me! The, the ending is iconic. Mm-hmm. It is a moment that normies oh, yeah. can do the I've seen that with the fly
0: just saying, based on that me. scene. Yeah,
1: And it's really, it's i've watched a little bit of it of course you know bits and pieces to the point where i can i've seen that since then Mm -hmm. and of course knowing the 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 horribleness of the end the fact that they almost had him at the very beginning
0: nope but the spider gets him. the spider got the fly but i remember seeing this the the original fly on tv Mm -hmm. i was maybe about seven or eight because Mm -hmm. because the fly was coming out on the big screen And so they're like, okay, well, we have the rights to show The Fly.
1: That makes sense. Let's go ahead and start
0: showing some of the old school stuff. Yeah. So they would show that. And I remember watching with my grandma because my grandma was like, oh, I've seen this movie. It's pretty good. And I was like, okay, well, I'll watch it. And then it was campy with the big fly head and he had the fly hand and the, you know, and Vincent Price being Vincent Price, right? So it's a a decent movie. Ask me to remember more than what I just said. I can't because it's been since about I was 7 or 8 since I saw this movie. And then <laughs> so going into this, I remember seeing in my in the first time I saw Cronenberg's The Fly, I was bored. I remember seeing the the Cronenberg movie The Fly in the theater. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay.
1: You saw this in the theater? Yes. 1986. How yes. old were you? I was 8. Okay, 8 years old in a theater. Imagine now if we were if we were hosting a screening of The Fly at Screenland, mm-hmm. and we saw an eight year old kid in the theater. I'm immediately, and I'm am, I am a hypocrite because. I was also at a really young age at inappropriate movies but I'm like can an 8-year-old handle The Fly? L- let me ask you,
0: could did 8-year-old genius handle The Fly? No, because I was bored. <laughs> I was bored. If I would okay, if I was hosting it and I saw an 8-year-old kid and I was like, "Hey kid, is this your first time seeing it?" Yeah. What do you know about? It? I would like kind of prep them i would kind of like little like little uh, kid context yeah like well, <laughs> my dad brought me to this he said it's a good movie i'm like all right let me just tell you something stick it out stick it out, stick it, out. it gets super super cool at the end just wait I like because that. I, like I was that. i was extremely bored i had no reference of the context of it aside yeah. from watching the old and even the old one it was a mad scientist doing mad scientist shit and in this one it's jeff goldblum who doesn't look like a mad scientist we don't, he probably is in real life though so he <laughs> so i'm already like okay cool i'm not connecting with it and it is not about horror or science it's about relationship another way i don't have context of it at eight years old
1: no it is an adult movie
0: right and so then i was like this movie is boring nothing's happening he's climbing on walls that's cool but i want to see some fly shit right <laughs> make it fly like this is the 90s but like i was bored i remember like i'm gonna go out in the lobby and play donkey kong because they had a donkey kong machine and i went out and i played donkey kong and then i came in and like towards the last 20 30 minutes and i was like oh this is cool but like wow other than that i don't remember that much i remember it being really long and i remember it being super boring and like when when is the
1: when do you think was the last time you watched this before our recent rewatch
0: Ooh, um I would have been maybe about 22, 23s so and maybe about 20 years ago.
1: Interesting. I'm in the same boat. No shit. Yes.
0: Cuz I was I was hesitant cuz I heard all these good things about the fly and I was like, well, I remember seeing it and not being that impressed about it, but again like, you know, I was 8. What the fuck do I know? You know? So I I'm I'm glad I rewatched it now. This movie is fucking fantastic.
1: It's, I also, for some reason, it's been 20 plus years since I've seen this as well. Uh, it was actually my very first apartment I ever lived in. It was a late night viewing with my then roommate. And I remember watching, they were freaking out. Really? Oh, they had their blankets wrapped around them like robes. It's and not just, scary. Well, I, I think it was, they were, they were, they were reacting appropriately because it was during the... Let's look at uh, all the body parts that have uh, fallen off.
0: Oh yes, that 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 is very uh, creepy, and his teeth are, yes uh, disturbing.
1: It was at that point and and they were reacting to it. I remember that, so I that's what I remember of the movie is their reaction.
0: I remember the teeth falling out and the fingernails, and I remember in the movie theater my mom going Ugh! and I was like, he's just cutting his nails. You know that's ugly and gross, but show me more, because you know by then. I'm already. I've been to Halloween two. I'm already in a Nightmare three.
1: You're you're more of a traditional horror fan at that what point. What an eight year
0: old would want, you yes. know? I want the guts and the gore.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Again, this is an adult film. Cronenberg has always been a movie, uh, a, adult. a filmmaker.
0: Yes, very adult, very adult.
1: I I do remember the first time I ever watched Video Drome as a kid. I I was bored. I didn't get it. I didn't. I, I didn't, didn't get it at all. Now do I understand it as a 44 year old?
0: Yeah. Ooh, yeah. a little bit better than when I was 8, but not much. I still like it though.
1: Well yeah, it had been a long long time, but I just remember I realized I was like, "Oh man, I was peripheral viewing back in the day without even knowing it, just enjoying the reaction."
0: Mhm. And- the squirm's it, Cuz looking back on it and looking now, I remember I don't remember to getting that visceral over the uh pain and the ugliness of him pulling out his nails and his teeth oh. but now that i've had procedures where i've had to have nails and teeth pulled out yeah no would you say now that you've grown a little older i've, I've changed changed i've uh, changed into something different
1: do you think maybe we've metamorphosed around this movie i think
0: you have to yeah i think you have to because i think anybody that hasn't gone through the change the uh, that hasn't gone through puberty this movie all context Everything will be lost on you. Yeah. Aside from the cool effects at the end. But if you get to the end. Now, once you've become older, once you've become seasoned, once you've gone through puberty and your body's changed and you know what's going on, and the fear of like giving birth to a worm, and the fear of like finding out the person that you're with is not who they think they mm-hmm. are, there's so many things to be afraid of that you don't know until you've hit that fear, until you've become, have gone through the change. Becoming an adult? Right. This is truly adult yeah. horror. This is not.
1: And may- maybe that's why it's taken us like 200 some odd episodes to get to the fly because <laughs>
0: we're over here talking about FMKs and shit like that and this is classy this is classy Cronenberg but it's also creepy and it's also contemporary Or uh it's uh, it's pretty close to it
1: just fair. in terms of classy no I agree Um well let's really quickly uh, before we get into the meat of the flesh of this film flesh. yes uh, flesh we've got three points that we want to look into and ask uh, mm-hmm. regarding the remake to make sure our
0: criteria
1: yes the remake worthy here we originally asked, we we want to see at least 15 years mm-hmm. between an original and a remake to give it room to breathe. Mm-hmm. How many years do you think this one has?
0: At least 30, well, maybe if not 40.
1: 28 years, actually. No, really? Mm-hmm. Just 28. Just 28? It yep. seems like,
0: well, I don't know why I'm thinking it came out in 1940. It probably came out, what, 60? Yep.
1: And again, yeah, and the short—that's almost thirty years. Yeah, so no,
0: that's enough time to breathe. Absolutely,
1: good time. So it hits the first criteria there. Mm-hmm. Now the second thing is: does it bring anything new to the film?
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Oh, beyond absolutely. Oh,
0: absolutely. It's a totally different story, except for the transformation into the fly, uh, and, and even that's, that's new. Yeah, and that's it, well, not even that, new, but they they change that as well. It's and not only because, like in *Night of the Living Dead*, we talked about the main reason. I mean, the main crux of the movie to change it was to bring the special effects up absolutely this one is yes to bring the special effects up but just to change this story 100 percent.
1: yeah the narrative structure in the original bore more of a flashback mm-hmm. and you, you did spend more time with the wife originally so with this one yeah they decided to focus more on this on the side i'm not going to do that it's on the scientist on goldblum's character <laughs> and i think it's all the more powerful of it and of course you know the famous ending at the end of the original. Everyone knows. The
0: hell no!
1: And they went okay. How do we go beyond just like a, a head and a hand switch?
0: Mm-hmm. And oh boy, did they do that as well? Oh yes. Who should we get? I know. Let's get this dude that likes to play with body parts.
1: Oh, you know the original director on this film. Um, it's really it's, it's a really sad story. Actually, uh, had put together everything and they were getting ready to shoot the film, and he got a call. His family was vacation in South Africa. And his daughter had an accident while she was over there and died. Mm. And so he went to, you know, went through all that. Uh, They gave him like, and it's an interesting thing, they gave him like three, four months to like try to sort everything out. And by that time, they were like, we we have to move forward. He's like, I can't. I've got it. And then that's when they were able to get Cronenberg, who, do you know what movie he was originally working on? No, what? He was working on back in the day
0: Total Recall. No way, Cronenberg's Total Recall. Now think of it. Now, he, now it would either be the most wonderful thing ever or terrible. I don't think. I don't think that uh, long live the new flesh. You know, I, I don't know if that. Could... <laughs> well, apparently, get your ass to my. Don't dream it. Be it.
1: Apparently he parted ways because they didn't like his version of what he was wanting to do.
0: I think we I think we dod I think we kinda dodged a bullet. Although I would have loved to see the um the the Quato Quato and like the bar. The, oh, can you well, imagine three three, the, the girl with the three titties in Cronenberg's world They like,
1: would have been three something else I'm afraid They would have just been <laughs> Pulsating
0: and just like don't, Moved and eyes and don't
1: shit Don't go to Cronenberg's Venusville No
0: no do not dream it No, no for a bad time call millennia
1: And if you be it well you better get a shot Die. Indeed Well I mentioned that so they parted ways And then that's when And do you know who produced this
0: What. Well, was it a? Was it a, almost? Was it kind of canon? Mel Brooks, get the fuck out of
1: town. Mel Brooks did this far from canon, my friend. Uh, well, if you look at his. Springtime for Hitler. Well, you look at the the movies he's produced. Elephant Man. Oh yes. He's very particular on that kind of stuff, especially genre like that, and that's why you don't remember that he produced it, because he doesn't want to b- people know to that, because they think Mel Brooks, what do they think? They think Goofy. Pretty, yeah, yeah, exactly. Is The Fly Goofy?
0: No, The Fly is not Goofy. <laughs> not Goofy at
1: all, which is that perfect little punch, because he was able to add a little bit of money, a little bit of prestige, mm-hmm. and a little bit more pull into what becomes, and again, Cronenberg's into what I think might be his best film.
0: Oh, yeah. I will agree with that. Well... It's not my favorite of his, but I think it's his best.
1: Well, then let's fi- ask the final question we asked: Did it bring anything new? Why was it remade? And as we mentioned, they they had a whole new story to tell.
0: Mm-hmm. It's also the fear of technology. It's the fear mm. of, it, it's the fear of turning into something you're not. That's the fear of intimacy. It's the fear. It, it it strikes a lot of different like trigger zones of what people are afraid of.
1: Well, we talked a little bit about, uh, especially in Night of the Living Dead* last week about the baggage you bring to each viewing Mm -hmm. and in this, I mean, from here on until we got a vaccine, the COVID thing is always going to be on the, the specter. He's going to be peripheral viewing for me, just in terms of that's a spectral, right? Always in the background. It may not be directly with me right now, but it's there. And I bring that baggage to it. And even to night of the living dead. Oh yeah. We had that reaction. I had the same thing with this viewing of the fly as well. Really? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, In fact, I want to talk about that, the fact that when this came out in 1986, Mm -hmm. Cronenberg initially said the breakdown of Brundle and his evolution slash de-evolution was his take on aging and just disease for the most part. I can see that. Which I totally can see. I can 100% see that. Now, keep in mind, though, in 1986, and in fact, uh, we talk about Shudder. If you have the chance, go see uh, Scream Queen. Uh, my Life as a Nightmare. It's the documentary about Mark Patton.
0: Yeah, My Nightmare on Elm Street.
1: Yeah, it's beyond good, but it talks about the AIDS crisis back in the early and mid-'80s. Yeah. And you think about the fly, you know, shot in 85, a lot of people at that time then mentioned that, oh, it's, it's an AIDS parable, which also technically would work as well, again, yeah. with disease and everything. But again, the baggage you bring at the time, you even mentioned before we were talking off-air, what was it more for you?
0: It was a cautionary tale of the fly. I mean, there was a lot of different things on the fly that I was like, "Oh, oh, wow!" Um, like I said, it was the, um, like I said earlier, it's like you said, you can totally see the AIDS and the virus epidemic aspect of it. You get the fear of technology oh. in it, um, the whole like I was, the whole fear of intimacy type thing. Because really, he's, he's kind of running away. He even though Gina Davis is like, look, well, I'll work for, with me, and then she even has that fear, like, what am I gonna do with this child, or what oh. if it comes out as 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 a worm, and and the whole like, let me help you, know I can do it my own, and just him changing himself, just becoming just a different person. This was like, it wasn't scary, but there was a lot of things I could see where Cronenberg was coming from, and so it was a very interesting take on this this screening. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay, yeah, no, it I- was
1: just like. Wow. I also remember the fact that it is more of a relationship film and that the horror... I mean, the horror hits, without a doubt, there's a reason this is a horror film. Mm -hmm. But there's also a reason that you could probably show this to a lot of
0: normies. Yeah. Because it doesn't hit until the end and by then you're already in the ride it's a gradual You've, progression you're
1: feeling right along with Gina Davis
0: mm-hmm. and cuz it's a slow transformation it's not american werewolf in london it starts out very it starts out very innocently with with just like hairs in the back and he's feeling great oh. it's almost like he took some you know what i can see where it's like i can see where it's also growing old and aging because we're getting close to middle age and they always say like that midlife crisis type thing where like yes i can do that i can still do the same things that i did when i was 20 and then you realize oh shit my fingernails are falling out and shit you know what i'm saying so <laughs> maybe that's what i brought to the baggage on that one but at the same time you can see all of that stuff it's oh. It's just, and it's not scary as in, like, there's jump scares and stuff, but it's a creepy feeling of, like, your body betraying you, and, like, like you lose your humanity, and what does it mean to be human?
1: Questions that always arise in a Cronenberg film. Yeah, it's just... it's, it's. it's what it is. What it is to be a Cronenberg movie,
0: because which is none of those questions were asked in the original. From what I remember, it was just the mad scientist and the wife going, "Why is my husband acting so weird?" You know, and like, but well, now we're talking. Now we're we're in some deep shit with Cronenberg oh, and, and his his flesh. Lots and lots and lots of flesh. Uh, let's
1: let's talk Goldblum. It, his his performance is Seth Brundle. There's a reason it's often mimic, but there's a reason why it's also never duplicated. Truly, yeah, just what he brings. Because I was always uh, familiar with his work. I mean, even go a few years back to uh, a few years back, shit, twelve years back to 1974's Death Wish.
0: He plays the leader of the gang of the giggler.
1: He's 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 a, no. This is the original. So he's uh he's just uh, that's part three. Uh, oh, yeah. he's a, just a random street tough but he's got this, like, jug head, crown-looking hat, and he does this, like, horrible tongue motion thing. Oh, it's gross. It's yeah. so creepy. But he's always been off-putting.
0: I thank you, okay? I've always been, like, he's a very off-putting dude with his even his speech, his mannerisms, but, like, everybody's like, he's so handsome and I love no, no, him. He's, he's a great dude. Don't get me wrong. I think he's cool. But at the same time, I'm like, he's off-putting as fuck. Because even, even just the... Uh, uh, mannerisms and 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 speech and and all that it's just like and here he he was great but he he was great as seth brundle but he was better as brundle fly okay because
1: i was when he walked when she he gets ronnie to come up to the apartment and he immediately goes to the piano and just starts playing a little do, do,
0: do, 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 Now, do, do.
1: There's an episode of Wings and I'm going to date myself here. I
0: fucking love Wings.
1: There's an episode where they've got an open piano and um, um and Lowell, Lowell mentions that oh, I can play the piano and they're like, "Oh, please impress us." And he gets over there and he starts playing and he's doing the entertainment tonight theme, but that's all he knows. And so he just keeps playing it over and over so I I just waiting one day when someone goes to a piano. I was just hoping for a second. I was
0: like, I was hoping Heart of Hearts. I'm going to learn that just for you.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> but he does not, of course, because he is a pianist in real life, as it turns out. So he has a chance to. It's a
0: part of my contract.
1: <laughs> but he's also just,
0: he's very, he was a little off putting and creepy to me mm-hmm, in me that too. role. Me too. But when he becomes Brundlefly and he, 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 He enhances his own mannerisms. Because you know when he talks, he already kind of has that uh, uh, speech pattern and that kind of moving around tick that he does with his eyes. But the fact that he enhances it with with the twitching that he does when when he talks, it makes him very fly-like. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. He acts. Yeah. Through. Through the makeup, through all that guts and gore and vomit and everything, you can still see Jeff Goldblum acting and emoting even when even when he's with the with at the very end spoilers when he's like putting the gun to his head he's you can still see acting
1: so I will I'll admit it everyone knows here I cry at the drop of the hat I was tearing up at that point and it was a combination of the music it was a combination of just I was at that where I was at that day and just overcome with emotion and I also remember that then scene striking me all those years back. Just being like, oh, I this resonates, man, because it's just, it's sad. It is so yeah. sad, and then it ends immediately. Like that. <laughs> Boom,
0: over. And I was like, holy shit, that's a that's an ending.
1: I had the weird um, Buck Flower Buck Flowers moment because mm-hmm. I thought the movie was ended more. with the birthing scene with the the worm and what have you. That wasn't that. No, was not in the not middle. At all. I so, thought so
0: too, dude. That's weird. Maybe that was a TV edit. Maybe potentially
1: i don't know maybe maybe they cronenberg it wrong maybe
0: they did maybe it was like the fly and fly too, back to back no that was I, that just came out of nowhere and i remember i thought for for the longest time i thought it was a two and a half hour movie i did as well
1: and it's 96 minutes but it's a lean 96 minutes it, it starts really quickly
0: it drops you right in the word this is the beginning of the story and gina
1: davis in this movie
0: she is spectacular she is wonderful in this movie
1: uh veronica's great ronnie I we've we kicked off we've been doing this thing it's called Christmas with the nerds and in the month of December we would watch three
0: Christmas Christmas and Christmas adjacent,
1: adjacent movies and we kicked off our very first one do you remember the first movie we screened it was long kids good night damn right it was it was because
0: like well, that's the
1: only fucking one her performance as charlie in that movie is amazingly good she's so good she was a very very underrated actor i loved seeing her in the exorcist that ABC show that was on briefly were two scenes. Fox, thank you. Mm. Or did it get paid?
0: Oh, yeah. Anyway, I watched it. I swear yeah, to God. We I... don't get paid. Fuck it. It could be on fucking Nickelodeon for all week. <laughs> uh, okay. There's a fly in here. There
1: is a fly in here.
0: Did you leave the buttermilk out?
1: <laughs> no, some donuts.
0: Flies in the buttermilk. Shoo, Flash shoo. <laughs>
1: uh, but her journey, actually, at, uh, journalist into... Be, uh, becoming and Entering into the relationship mm-hmm. And then Oh man the, the pull Between her and Stathis Who Holy smokes is awful He oh, is awful Oh my goodness He
0: is absolutely 100% awful no, And he's I, like Not necessarily the hero If this was Red Riding Hood He's the woodsman
1: Right Right Well you know, interestingly enough though We were talking before We started watching that movie About uh, the director of PCU And High School High and I was like, oh, yeah, it's that guy Ellis from Die Hard, and I couldn't remember his name, and it was bothering me, and I didn't want to go to the IMDb or anything like that. So we're watching uh, The Fly, and Stathis has just that Ellis energy, and I was mm-hmm. like, Hart Bachner. and it was one of those I had to just yell it out loud, and I was like, oh, that's, the, that's Ellis yep. and everything. I mean, that's how that's much crazy. A, that's how much of a prick he is in this movie.
0: He is wonderfully awful.
1: He's, he's ca- maybe the Canadian William Atherton.
0: Yes, because he reminded me of Walter Peck.
1: Yes, I mean, tell me that.
0: I was like, dude, I've always mixed him and Walter Peck up. But yeah.
1: Well, you know what? If you remember right, um, uh, a few episodes back, we had Heather Wixon on, and she was talking about, she had been recently rewatching The Fly. Now, keep in mind, this was probably a year or two ago, but she was like, you know, Stath is as much of a prick as he is. He's kind of right in his response to what's happening initially, Mm -hmm. just in terms of, could he be contagious? Yeah. Like, what's going on with that? And just the protocol and that's what I, i'm not going to say i responded to this time but no that's true it was, I was a heightened thing i was
0: thinking like because oh, i remember him saying that Stethis is right but i was watching him like he's a fucking awful person he's a- and he's doing terrible terrible oh, things but at the same time like you know you need to be careful because you don't know what is happening to him and you don't know how this is going to affect him or if it even can be contagious and he's 100% right on that account gina davis had no fucking clue fucking Brundlefly, had no fucking clue what was going on with him the hubris of man yeah and meanwhile he's over there portraying poor monkeys baboons baboons this is this is not monkey torture monkey torture then that's oh, sorry i have to let you go that's oh that would be funny if it wasn't for that was actually seth brundle over there on the other phone get in the pod
1: barry lutz actually was a, uh, a part of the grant that was donated to seth brundle and all those cats <laughs>
0: welcome to scientific today i'm barry lutz <laughs> i'm gonna teleport, <laughs> and here we're going to teleport from one person to the other person now for those
1: of you first time viewers out there or a listener we are referring to the state
0: yeah <laughs> we're
1: old we are old <laughs> well and although this film 30 years plus at this point um I, carried by the cast obviously the journey you go through with them
0: but uh, let's go back about that monkey his friend was so cute. That monkey friend, the macaw or the baboon. Baboon. When he was like all scared and excited and like like wanting to be his friend. You felt for him, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hoping that Brun will let him go. You think so? Before he turned like oh, the, vicious. Oh, oh,
1: have you seen that deleted scene? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh boy. So I don't know if you you do not need to watch the deleted. Does he eat scene. the monkey? He Cronenberg's the monkey with a cat.
0: The no, I, I don't want to exactly, exactly. see that. I don't want to see it's that. I don't want to see that. It's a Because I love monkeys and I love <laughs> cats, but I don't want to see a monkey cat.
1: Baboon cat is rough.
0: No, I don't want to see that.
1: Okay, so mm. don't watch that no, deleted oh, scene.
0: No, awful. That's, Bru- that's, fuck you, Brundle. Oh, I You deserve what you got.
1: Genius. No, I'm sorry. They took him out to a farm. He was fine. He was fine. Okay. He's living the best baboon life he can have.
0: Okay, him and that poor kitty.
1: You know what? Go, get, you, know, you know it's a little early, but go ahead and get your little letter to Santa ready. We're going <laughs> to have some fun. We're going to have some All fun.
0: All right. Yay. Okay.
1: We are 50 minutes into a show talking about the fly. We have not mentioned the special effects guru that won an Academy Award for his work. Can you name his name correctly and pronounce it correctly? I'm going to say no. <laughs> no, I can't pronounce his name correctly. He is more butchered than that Canadian, uh, Canadian arm wrestler who, do you know who he looked like? Who? That was the Canadian Robert Zadar.
0: Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Because like, I was like, this is going to be over the top. I'm ready for it. I was ready for the over the top scene. Like he just turns his scalp backwards because he's Seth Brundle, snap.
1: But more mangled than that little arm break is the special effects creator... Chris Wallace. Yeah. I have heard Wallace. I've heard Wallace. I've heard Waylays.
0: There's also been uh, Louise Lannister. <laughs>
1: it falls in that. in that Actually, no, the other vein it falls into the fact that there's another special effects guru that also won an award for a remake. Mm-hmm. That remake is The Thing. Can you name. Can you pronounce his name correctly? Rob Botin? Close. Rob Botin. I always think Poutine. Okay. But weirdly
0: enough, it is it's a Bernstein Berenstain.
1: People, it just happens. It's And I've gone through so many interviews of people listening to them and how they pronounce things and it was different every goddamn time. Mm-hmm. So it was Jeff Goldblum and the aforementioned Heather Wixson that did indeed verify that it is Chris Wayless. Wayless. And his work in this movie
0: is Bar the re- fucking none. God damn. Is the
1: reason that it brought back the little eight-year-old genius mm-hmm. and the reason why people still remember the fly for that
0: yeah it's well first of all it's even creepy with the little hairs oh, that is disturbing in itself those that hairs had weight small body horror they're thick they look like my beard it was crazy it was crazy what do you got samson beard in there samson it gets me lifted can
1: you are you lifting like holding up like <laughs> acme safes and everything uh-huh.
0: <laughs> no but that was it, and then it just got progressively worse and also
1: genius I'm not going to lie, and I don't want to gross anyone out, but talking about the parable between getting old and the fly, the older I get, the more hairs I'm finding in some really odd spots that there never were before. Yeah. Now, thankfully, they're not as coarse as that, but damn, I'm like, oh, man.
0: I turned 30 and I had to trim my ears. What the fuck is that about? What the fuck is that about?
1: (sighs) I think as the hair falls, it just starts throwing seeds on the way down. It's like, yep, yeah, it's going to be there, there. I'm just glad
0: they're not like those hairs that he had, those thick Cronenberg hairs growing out of my ears. Man, that's fucking going to – I'm going to catch a signal. Well, <laughs> the fact that
1: Goldblum is rocking this crazy, interesting Canadian
0: mullet throughout. Yeah, it's throughout. A, not quite a Tennessee t- uh, Tennessee waterfall, but it's uh, – no, Tennessee top hat that's what that's it is. What it Kentucky is. waterfall. But it's got cuz he's got that natural curl so it's like the oats.
1: It depends on if the wind's blowing right, it could be, you know, majestic or mm-hmm. it just could be cartoonish.
0: Yeah, but pretty soon it's gone.
1: And that's the th- again, the the
0: gradual de- uh, the evolution and, and then again, like I've had to have a toenail removed and I've had to have uh, teeth removed. And just the simplistic fact of that, even before we get into the hairs and before we get into like him, oh, no, before that, him ripping the arm off the uh, the, the, arm the arm wrestler was very graphic. Yes. And he went home with his prize. So, Bobby did you, Sue.
1: Did you also notice the fact that he was rocking like a leather jacket but no shirt underneath? So he looked like he was straight out of Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two.
0: Yeah, he was straight out of Jurassic Park. <laughs> the only thing we needed was him lying on the Tyrannosaurus... Yes, uh, Tyrannosaurus sex, and then just like because he's Jeff Goldblum, but uh, he is Jeff Goldblum. No, the the the, the visceral reaction of oh, the- again again of the fingernails and the teeth being pulled out because the way he did it so casually, I couldn't even. Because you right. recently recently I've had not recently maybe about not even a year mm-hmm. right when I had my uh, tooth pulled mm-hmm. and that took fucking an hour and a half to get that fucker pulled and even with the six shots of novocaine and her it'll still hurt like crazy right and so just to see him like ah book, oh buzz buzz did you hear that we're getting 4d in here holy shit this episode produced by william castle <laughs> right it's spooky but um no it was painful it was a painful reaction and like now, if I get a hangnail and I have to pull up that hair, I'm like, my hand hurts.
1: I'm incapacitated for a day.
0: Mm-hmm. It is horrible. I, I Be- still medic, medic.
1: I, I still have nightmares uh, involved my teeth falling out. So all of those scenes hit so much harder now. The older you get, yeah. And also, I'm not, you know, my hair—it's going as well, man. So I used to have a, I, man, I used to have the sweetest of mullets back in my youth. Now I do not.
0: See, I wish I could have done what you did, man. I tried recently, but it's just my hair is too thick and big. It's like it's like I got a hair full of uh, the fly hairs. Just There
1: are a nation of millions saying, boo, man, boo. Just stop it with your, your coarse he- lock lo-
0: lo- head over there, man. My God. My God. <laughs> None of it's made full of fly hairs, but... um one scene i do remember vividly being and it's again if they were like okay what's the i've seen that of the fly is him vomiting on the donuts oh 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 that's disgusting i'm sorry that's disgusting (laughs) would you like some
1: you know and it was just like
0: uh no thank you
1: well what's cool is you get the eight millimeter shot of Stath is reacting because you get a here we go and you just see him viewing, and it's him reacting to a TV, which gives a little Videodrome action going, uh, of course, I'll one-up you, and then when he actually practically applies
0: that to Stathis. Okay, let's go to that one, because I wanted to talk about that scene. One, he had glee in his face. The second time. The second time when he was vomiting on his leg, and I remember the hand... I don't remember the ankle. You didn't remember the ankle. I didn't remember the ankle, and that was significantly gnarlier than the hand one. Are you going to forget the ankle? No, I'm not going to forget the ankle. That was some pet cemetery shit. They got he got Judd. He got Judd in like the worst way possible. He does approach it. He he does this little. He's happy like I'm gonna getcha, almost in a in a fly way.
1: Yeah, it was very disturbing. But he had
0: this smile on his face, like you're. I'm gonna fuck you he up. Was sizing him up. Uh
1: huh. Oh. And then the second round of vomit.
0: Poor stat.
1: I'm not saying poor stat. it's
0: a bad way to go. It's a he's a horrible bad way he's go. a horrible human being. He had his points. I mean, he had his very valid points. If he's be, if he because he's 100% right. Be careful, because you don't know if you get hurt with brundlefly. And sure enough, he sure did. You're Everybody did emotionally hurt.
1: Oh my god. Oh, it's it's beyond awful. Um, the final break apart. And reveal of the fly
0: when his face comes out. I don't. I didn't remember that, and it was so wonderful just to see like this face emerge from what I thought was Jeff Goldblum talking in a way, and then and I'm like, "Ew, that's grand. That is grand and gritty."
1: It's it's very memorable, and then the puppet work that goes on afterwards is also next level because. The wonderful thing about this is the fact that it is all in camera and all practical. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And
1: if you were to remake The Fly now... It would
0: all be CG. It would all be CG. Even the telepods would be CG.
1: The telepods are great. The telepods actually were the carburetor, I believe, of a a motorcycle of Cronenberg's. Really? And they just kind of extrapolated from it.
0: Wow. Those are iconic-looking telepods because... If you see a telepod, and it, you're like, that's the that's... fly telepod, you know? And you know what? Here's the thing. I think even when he was full fly, it was spectacular special effects. But I think, like, it went full on, like, hey, I'm Cronenberg. Let me show you what I got, is when he finally Cronenberg with the fly and the pods. Because I remember both saying, yep, that's Cronenberg. That's, Cron- <laughs> that's, that's, that's his stamp of approval. That's like, I'm going to put it here. Yes, I forgot
1: about that final
0: Kronenberg. transformation yeah, me too.
1: Of the of the truly of the fly and the technology.
0: The f- it was animal, human and yeah. machine. But it was Kron- it was Cronenberg's Don't Dream It.
1: Going back to PCU it was the um Hackman Kane shower scene. Mm-hmm. It was his thesis.
0: Yeah, I think that was. He was like I'm not going to do anything better than this. You know? So, I mean, and- he does but he- Come special effects wise and like true essence of Gronenberg, I think that is the true essence of Gronenberg.
1: Well, you know who actually um, Chris Wayless turned down to do The Fly? Hmm. Gremlins 2. Because he was responsible for the original Gremlins.
0: I think they made the good call. From, I yeah, think, from Chris Whalas to Rick Baker. Yeah, I think they made the good call. I mean, I love the original Everyone Gremlins, works. but everybody's wild. And then, but Chris Whalas, he can run wild with Cronenberg.
1: Oh, yeah, and he he runs wild yeah, with Yeah, he Cronenberg. flies away
0: with Cronenberg. Ah, dun, 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 dun.
1: Swat that one down, my friend. Ah. So we always talk the collaborative effort of filmmaking, and there are so many bits and pieces that go on beyond the squiddly
0: tiddly of genius over there. My apologies. <laughs> that's not till next weekend <laughs>
1: just getting into character there the score of this film
0: haunting 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 again this is not a scary movie but it's a scary movie it
1: is a scary, it's a it's a uh, howard Shore, mm-hmm. and most people are familiar with his work through the lord of the rings but i there were bits and pieces of the silence of the lambs oh, would
0: you score with me
1: that I heard throughout I was like ooh ooh there's a little yeah. there's a little silence there's a little mm-hmm. silence and this of course came the, before the silent so
0: sting it it but it
1: worked it worked so well uh, the oh, mhm so good. and again that's all of those things combined you add that with the cinematography of Mark Irwin now you might not know the name but I guarantee you've seen so many of the films that he's shot and he's only made better including the aforementioned scream that we're going to be seeing here on the 17. Really? Uh, really? The brood. Ooh, with the goblins. Which might be actually my favorite, Cronenberg. I can't tell. Podcast favorite, I Come in Peace. You go in pieces. All the way to Something About Mary. Get the fuck out of town. To Freddy Got Fingered.
0: I fucking hate that movie. That is one of the few movies I got out of the theater and demanded my money back.
1: Well, Mark Irwin shot it, my friend.
0: You know what? He would have had a spectacular 10 for 10 if it wasn't Freddy Got Fingered. I know I'm going to get some hate because people fucking love that movie, but I wanted my goddamn money back. That was awful.
1: Well, there's a couple of other things here. Um, (laughs) Sorry. No, that's okay. (laughs) Okay. you talked about Brundlefly and Goldblum's performance that. that. Um, the scene when he does the the Nightmare on Elm Street, the electric to the boogaloo.
0: What? Yeah, dancing on the ceiling. They created that.
1: Uh, they constructed it. He has one of the greatest deliveries and non sequiturs when he's crawling around there. When he lifts his shirt, and he's got that little thing. He's like, what's that?
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. And That's just, new. It just keeps It just moving. keeps on going. I was kind of waiting for him to fuck up some shit when he was doing the display of gymnastics.
1: Hell no, this is this is the new one, the Brundle new... Kata. Brundle you kata. know,
0: just like
1: <laughs> if Kronenberg's Cronen Kronenbergata oh, kata. Ooh. oh shit.
0: For some like all the winners get mashed up into one.
1: You, you know you've done it correctly when you've shunted. That's, that's the black belt <laughs> of Cronenkata.
0: There we go. You Oh you. no My apologies. You never forget your first tournament. <laughs> um, his ear falling off, just like, oh,
1: okay. had a sense of dramatic timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was holding on for dear life, and like where's so some, oh, someone's here, finally, okay, just perfect. Like, let's go. <laughs> made me laugh because and her reaction oh uh, I mean how can you react I mean from the funny and her reaction is dead on because I think a reason that this film resonates with me so much more is that I lost my mom to cancer when I was 16 which I it was a rough time as a going through as a teenager anyway and I was a mama's boy but I saw her you know degrade just you know mentally and physically. And I remember those kind of reactions. You know, I remember my poor family. She just, she thought someone was under her bed. She thought it was this guy from her work. I mean, she was just convinced someone there she said, Craig look under there. And I'd look under there. I was like, I don't see anyone, mom. Okay. Just keep looking. It's like, okay. And it was one of those, like people would have to laugh, not to cry during those moments because you could just see someone devolving. Yeah. And so when she has that moment, when he is just decrepit He's got the slime all over him, and she just hugs
0: him full on, and he just says, "Help me! I'm scared." (gasps) That was because up until then he was like, "I don't need you. This is fine. Look at me. I'm strong. I got this." You need to do this. Yeah, and then finally, then he's like, "Look, I I need help. Help me. I'm." And he goes, "I'm scared." And that I was like, "I." My heart immediately broke.
1: There's even that line when he calls her, and he's like, uh, "It's much worse because she hasn't seen him in like four months." Yeah. And it's like no, it's much worse. I'm like, oh, oh my god, yeah, little bits like that. As a kid, probably just over my over head. your head, yeah, over
0: my head. But Let again, me go play Donkey Kong, right? Exactly, but not again until you have had gone through the changes. Until you know what loss is, what oh. what needing somebody is, what actually like your body betraying you for what you don't know until that happens you will not get this movie i mean this the end will be cool
1: yeah no it's, a, it's it works as just a great monster movie but it's when you got to get so to. much more. You, oh, it's, yeah. It's, it
0: deserves all the praise that it's ever got.
1: Oh, I agree. And I think there's a reason why normies can watch this. Mm-hmm. Hardcore horror hounds can watch this. It's just I, like I said, I it might be the perfect distillation of Cronenberg. Yeah. Um, for me, it's easily and top five Cronenberg is actually really tough because you there's think a there's a lot some,
0: of different flavors.
1: That's and that is the beauty of his filmography. Because
0: Eastern promises might it, knock out something. History of my, violence might knock out Dead Ringers. I don't know. Dead ringers might knock out shivers. He did a film about Freud and Carl Jung. Yeah. I mean, he has
1: touched every bits and pieces of genre. He's he's Cronenberg's way.
0: He's his way. He is the squiddly diddly of genre films.
1: And also, he shows up in a cameo in this film of said birthing sequence. Yes. Oh. He's a handsome man. But his performance in Nightbreed is terrifying. It's terrifying.
0: Yes. He is absolutely so fucking scary in ter- in, in Nightbreed. But he and he is also so wonderfully bad in Jason X.
1: <laughs> a shot in Canada. And if he famous is like, can can I be killed by Jason? Cool.
0: Okay, cool. I'm down.
1: Y'all are getting a tax break anyway. It's fine.
0: <laughs> can like he like shove his arm through my chest and come out the other side, but yet I'm still alive on the thing and like, no, we don't have that kind of budget.
1: Oh, uh, well, I could maybe call Chris Wayless. You know, he might be able to do this. I know
0: some people. No, it's okay, Cronenberg. We're not going to really Cronenberg Jason. No, yeah. they did in Jason X. Yes, they did. They totally yes, Cronenberg Jason X. Yes, they did. Yes, they
1: did. <laughs> we, we had some notes from Cronenberg on his last set visit from part. You know, you know he's actually space. got some really
0: good ideas, man. You know? <laughs> but, I don't, uh, but i don't think we're gonna go with jason being full of psychoplasmatics
1: no no creighton duke would have none of that um, a couple of things watching the making of um a couple of quotes concerning working with one david cronenberg <laughs> from one of the cast members if you're gonna work with cronenberg it's gonna get wet
0: that is very fair i think that can be said about us Ew. No, not really. We're yeah. not. We're not an Orca show. No,
1: yeah, yeah. There's not a splash zone. No, we're not
0: a splash zone.
1: Only when I'm wearing the short shorts, which,
0: <laughs> or we're getting 4D, which you are right now, dude. <laughs> which is bad because I'm not
1: hosting anything. I'm in my home. You're comfy, dude. I'm You're very comfortable comfy. in these things.
0: You're comfy. In fairness, if I was at home doing that shit, I'd be wearing some terrible things. That is fair. That's don't
1: fair. dream it. Very nice coming all the way back around. And Gina Davis finally, she was like. I'm not a squeamish person, I grew up with horror, I love horror, but things get sticky when working with Cronenberg.
0: Okay, that could be more said for Marshall's.
1: That's been a more, Maybe your side gig.
0: Yeah, because we,
1: we do eat a lot of weird things. Hey, well, it, that's, and that's why I think we've embraced Cronenberg, mm-hmm. why truly it's in the DNA of our show.
0: Long, long live the new flesh. Our first episode. Flesh. 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 Okay. Flesh.
1: Flesh. Flesh. There is a a, a a monologue given by Goldblum when he's we hear the word flesh a lot. We hear a lot. Plasma spring, uh, a deep penetrating dive into the plasma pool. I'm talking penetration beyond the veil of flesh.
0: Again, it's it's all Cronenberg's about flesh and sex and and don't dream it and all sorts of and like diddle bugs and all sorts into madness.
1: There are moments of pure Cronenberg when he's injecting it into you, whether it is through a dial, a monologue yeah. like that, or whether it is the squidly diddly on the surface with Chris Wayless's work.
0: Because to say flesh once or twice in a monologue when you're talking about changing, okay, I can get it. But eight, nine, ten times the word flesh comes up. That's 100% Cronenberg. Like, script supervisor's like, David, are you sure you're not going overboard? Flesh. Flesh. <laughs> More flesh. More flesh. Flesh for the for the gold. Flesh
1: for fantasy. Turns out Billy Idol was a big Cronenberg fan. There we fan. go.
0: There we go. Well. I... Cronenberg, the flesh maker. Do, <laughs> do, 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 do. Ew. <laughs> Our first episode guys Eyes is Cronenbergian. I guarantee
1: we talked about him from there. I mean, this is crazy how this works ultimately. I'm so happy I rewatched this, man. Yeah, me too. This was me too. so worth the rewatch. I, I, I would like to not put it in my daily because or yearly rotation because it was so sad.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, it really but hit me hard. It deserves being called a goddamn masterpiece. I think this is a remake that is superior superiorly better than the original in every way shape or form
1: and i understand the original having that camp nostalgic value which i love i think that is the reason why we still love it why it, i
0: still need to you there's know. nothing campy this is when they people say they need a dark and gritty reboot of something this is what they should be looking at because this is a dark and gritty reboot of something goofy and campy
1: when he becomes Brundlefri- Brundlefly, there are bits of levity where i laughed out loud a few right. times but but you feel, it. you That's feel it. for him. Yeah,
0: you feel for you every, feel for her. You feel for her. You feel for him. You don't feel for Stannis. <laughs> well, maybe when he's getting his hand yacked upon and melted, I did yeah. was like, oh, poor guy. But at the end, fuck him. Um, but you do care about these characters. Yeah. It's awful to see what they're going through, and you didn't really care about the characters in the fly. You just wanted to see monsters. And much like
1: Night of the Living Dead, we don't necessarily get a happy ending.
0: No, unfortunately, no. This is another dour one. It really
1: is, man.
0: And, and, like, and it's abrupt and dour.
1: Now, the bummer is I'm looking forward to the rest of our films here this month. I'm like, do we have any like daylight coming up? Do we have anything that's not dour? No. A lot of it is. I,
0: I think all of our remakes this month are fucking dour. <laughs>
1: Oops. Our bad. Well, shit, we talk about the baggage you bring. Turns in the baggage you bring also comes into programming. The subconscious baggage
0: we're bringing on remakes. Well, you know what?
1: If you something, if you need something that's a feel-good, actually over on Patreon, uh, the commentary track that's going to be launching on Monday the 13th is Sleepaway Camp.
0: It's fucking hilarious. That is always a good time. That's so much fun. I had a good time with that one. I had a really good time with that one.
1: Now, well, again, this is... I'm so glad we had a I chance. I mean,
0: yeah, I had a good time with The Fly. Uh, no, yeah, I, I don't am 100% wrong. Yeah. glad and thoroughly wash it. It's a bummer ending, abruptly bummer, but at the same time, you feel pathos for everybody. You feel for the characters, and that at the end of the day, that's what you want a movie to do, especially a horror movie. It's not very often for a horror movie you feel for both the hero and the unknowing villain. It's
1: perfect Cronenberg. Yeah,
0: it's just mixing of the two, putting it all together, not dreaming it, and totally being it. I'm um, yeah.
1: It's it's beyond good. So whether you celebrate just the flyer or you know you really celebrate the entire catalog, the
0: Cronenberg catalog. Uh, there's
1: a Cronenberg for you. Yeah. Uh, so s- seek it out. Be it what have you. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Nightmare Junk on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. Tell what, us your favorite Cronenberg.
0: Whatever the flesh. There's a Cronenberg for you.
1: So until our next remake here. Uh, this is Greg D. I'm
0: Genie McGee, and we will see you in your dreams.